1: important question of your day. Hey, is this being emo? This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.
0: Welcome to episode 75 of the Washed Up Emo Podcast. I'm Tom Mullen. Today, we welcome John Gaviglio from Bear vs. Shark. This band was very personal to me, and I was lucky enough to work with them at Equal Vision Records for their final album, Terrorhawk, in 2005. I think they were ahead of their time, and thankfully, if I said countless times, good music will win out. And recently, the dudes in Bear vs. Shark reunited for some shows, and to their surprise, the response was overwhelmingly positive. If you know nothing about this band, you might be interested in them after this chat note i did this in a public space so you might hear voices or people working it shouldn't be too bad actually use some new gear so it should sound pretty damn good if you want to support the podcast please head on over to washedupemo.com and click on the patreon link or our merchandise store at washedupemo.threadless.com or leave a nice review on itunes that would be rad here is episode 75 of the washed up Emo podcast with john caviglio from bear versus shark John.
1: Tom. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Tom. How <laughs> are you? We're just older. Yeah, a little older, a little grayer <laughs> around the temples and the top of the head as well. What is everybody up to? Well,
0: everyone's like in their late 30s, right?
1: Yeah, so everyone has moved on, obviously, since the band. We've done various musical projects since that, um, but we also have regular jobs now, so I'm a lawyer, uh, which is weird probably but and then uh brandon is a teacher mark is a like dude who makes dental products for people who need like dentures and shit it's kind of weird um derek is fun employed ashley is still in, he's like a tour manager and he tours all the time plays drums does recordings and stuff like that and then you know mike muldoon is a bartender yeah, and then his replacement Nick Jones is also a bartender. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, a little summary for you.
0: I mean, lives move on. You guys stop I'm, we're going to go back a little bit, but I wanted to try to be really current like mm-hmm. of, you know, BVS was no more, you know, and like no, in 2005 like what was it like to kind of hear like wait a minute, people are listen to our band, or not listen but like people were still listening to it.
1: Yeah, it was... I mean, it was a surprise that so many people were into it, you know? Like, we always knew that people liked us, and, like, our fans were very passionate, but it was always a small... We thought it was a really small following, and, you know, I'd go to parties in New York when I lived out here, and you'd hear, like, Terrorhawk played sometimes, or you'd hear people would find out that, you know, I was in Bear vs. Shark, or Mike was in Bear vs. Shark, and they're like, oh, my God, like, loved your band, and we're like, okay, you're one of, like, 50 people yeah. who were just coincidentally meeting you. And then... You know, upon hearing the response or seeing the response on Facebook, um, I don't know if you know the backstory about what happened. Too. No. So, Bars of Gold, which is Mark and Brandon's new band, um, they were playing a show in Detroit, and Mike Muldoon just walked up on stage with them, like during the setup time. And you know, Mike, the original guitar player with Bear vs Shark, and then uh, the guitar player from Bars of Gold posted a photo of that of them up on stage, saying, "Oh, Bear vs Shark reunion, it's official." and we're like it it just went nuts it was like within an hour or two there's 2,000 likes everyone posting like oh my god are you serious and like people start calling us from like different countries to try to get us to play shows and you know we ended up getting in in touch with our current booking agent Greg Horrible, because he just like reached out to us immediately and was just like holy fuck I fucking love your band like I'm gonna he's like I'll do it for basically free like I just want to get you guys good shows and we're like okay so we'll play like detroit we'll play new york philadelphia the cities that we were always really strong in and he's like dude this is going to be way bigger than you'll ever fucking imagine wow and and then i talked to you about it i think like right after that too and you're like dude you have no idea that
0: well because i put up one of those posts and it was like i remember telling you i think it was the comments because people like things but it was the shares and the comments that yes it was one metric Mm -hmm. but That to me, I was like, wait a minute. I think there's a lot of kids that maybe have had that record and maybe didn't or had it and you didn't know.
1: Yeah, I think so. And it was, you know, we announced the first couple shows and they sold out within like an hour or so. And we, I mean, it just blew us away. And we started, people started getting in touch with us saying, you know, we weren't old enough when you guys were touring last time to see you yeah or i discovered you after the band broke up and we just started hearing all these stories about how people were touched by our music and you know for me having you know been in the band and having played music afterwards and you know now I, you know i'm a, a lawyer and shit it's like i never thought that it would be something that i could say okay this was important this was something that's valuable. And I was like, okay, I was in a, sh- a shitty shitty rock band, and we made songs. And, you know, it's like pop culture, right? And you're like, okay, does it really mean anything? Does it mean anything? Like, But I started hearing all these stories from people about how, you know, we just listening to our music helped them through, like, a death of a friend or helped them through difficult times in their lives. And I was like, okay, maybe there's actually there actually is some meaning in this, you know, and it kind of helped me, like, rediscover why the band was important to me in the first place. And, uh, yeah, it was really... It's definitely moved me, just, like, the personal experiences. You know, I've always loved the music, just because, you know, I, I don't know I'm a big fan of everyone in the band and just so much fun. But, like, that kind of helped me, like, rediscover the music and rediscover the passion for playing Were you just
0: so hurt from what had happened in 05? Because, to bring everybody back, in 2005, nothing sounded like Bear versus Shark. Yeah. Especially on a hardcore label. Yeah. With... Circus Survives and those types of bands and Mm -hmm. things that were on the... They were on the radio. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, the tour offers must have been... I mean, I remember them. It was like, shit, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And that was always the really tough thing for us. You know,
1: it was like, oh, you can open up for Bane. Like, I don't know if that's really what we should be doing. And there was just no one else that we could really link up with and play that would make sense. And again, you know, just like you mentioned, we were pigeonholed a little bit because we were on Equal Vision Records. And, you know, we loved everyone at Equal Vision. And without them, we wouldn't have been able to do what we were doing. Hey, thank you.
0: (laughs) That was a smoothie delivery.
1: uh, (laughs) By a sexy Icelandic Danish man. Very, very New York to get Mm -hmm. something delivered directly to you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So good. And... uh, I lost my train of thought. What were we saying?
0: Well, the the two, the two thousand five and oh, you know, the, yeah. the Bane tour. I mean, I again, people know I worked at Equal mm-hmm. Vision. We knew that it was yeah. hard sometimes to yeah. get people to care about band. Snaked across the crown. Yeah, Olympia. Mm-hmm. You couldn't get them. You know anything?
1: Yeah, it was tough, and uh, I know that. Like I feel like we were always more of kind of indie rock oriented. We're obviously very aggressive but in, in certain parts of our songs, but I thought, felt like we felt like we were an indie rock band that was on a hardcore label. Um, and I think that people, people who listened to us were like, oh, this is a hardcore band trying to be an indie rock band. And so, no, there's... I don't know, we always felt like a lot of... We felt like outsiders all the time, pretty much. And I think that really put a lot of pressure on us or caused us ourselves to put more pressure on ourselves because we're like, okay, we have to do all these tours, even though they don't make sense. Yeah. We got to get out there in front of as many people as, many, many people as possible. And, I don't know, kind of, wore, it wore on us, you know, and kind of tore up the band,
0: so. That, I mean, you know. that that was it. I mean, you must have been seeing those things happen for these bands and it's it just listening back now, like, going seeing the show last night, seeing the reaction... And it it just seemed like it sounded like it could your record Terrorhawk could have come out this Friday, to, it, and it would have sounded fine just as it did, and I think you would have fit in both time periods, and that says to me that it has longevity.
1: That's cool. Th- yeah, thanks for saying that. I mean i I think our goal back then was to make something. I mean, I guess whatever everyone's fucking goal is to make something that's timeless and lasts forever. But I think that was something that we really focused on that we w- didn't want to be period specific and we always had a lot of references from music that was you know from the 60s 70s 80s you know be it old Motown to David Bowie to I don't know the Talking Heads to like Modest Mouse you know and so we were just we were really focused on like having more of a, I guess kind of like a vintage sound and I think that helped a lot to it too and yeah, I don't know. I think, I think in a lot of ways, maybe people weren't ready for us at the time, but uh, I don't know. That's kind of an arrogant thing to say. Maybe I don't know. Uh, I
0: think so. I think there was that a kid. Look, I mean, I joke about that when I first heard Texas is the Reason record, I hated it because mm. I was into Madball. I was into, like, hardcore stuff, and then later yeah. I realized, wow, that was actually really good. I went back. <clears throat> so I have a feeling either they got it on a sampler a yep. CD sampler or they heard about it from somebody else or their older brother or whatever it is. And then maybe it sat there yeah. or it was them sharing a song and then they went back. Definitely. So I think that's really an interesting thing that you guys are able to do this still, which is yeah. also a feat because people could have been, you know, not been around or people right. moved on and can't come back or you guys were at least close enough and friends mm-hmm. that you were able to still do it.
1: Yeah. And that was a, uh, you know, such a great thing that even though we broke up in 2005 it was like we all still hung out all the time just like we can't deal with this pressure together because we all turn insane you know we're just fucking psychos to each other and so we wanted to maintain that friendship still and you know I remember the la- the time we the day we broke up we met at a diner and Mark was just like, you know, this isn't what I got into this for, you know, th- at the time there's all this like infighting and people are so stressed out because we're making, you know, $300 a month to live on and sleeping with at our parents' houses and you know, it was just very stressful and uh Yeah, Mark was just like, you know, we still I still I love you guys. I want to be friends with you. I don't want this to divide our friendship because yeah. we've known each other since we were children, you know. And so where I was glad that we were able to do this. And Mark and Brandon and I have been talking about doing a reunion for, like, I don't know, five years. Oh, wow. Like, luckily, I think it was just the perfect time. And with Equal Vision, you know, putting out the double LP, it was like, you know, I think it's just perfect timing.
0: That's rad. And then the, um, I think, too, the, you know, you guys feeling lumped in, you know, with those other bands or that, I guess what we're, you know... (laughs) You know, you weren't saying that to us. You know, yeah. it wasn't like you were still doing everything we said and we were, you were doing everything of, hey, we want you to go do this and that. In between on the van ride, was it not, this equal, this is label agnostic, like mm-hmm. you guys thinking you're not in the right place and trying to change that. What were things that you guys were saying or thinking about in those van rides of being like, what's going on? Because it, the times were changing of independent music. It was yeah. getting popular. It was getting on the radio. It mm-hmm. was... Was a, it wasn 't like underground
1: yeah, there was a lot there was a lot of feeling of not being understood. Um, I mean, I definitely thought that the label understood who we were, but I think the la- we felt that the label was limited in how who they could pair us with, you know, and then we couldn 't find a booking agent to do it you know for the fucking life of us. We got Dave Shapiro for a little while, and i don 't think he really cared for us that much you know I and mean, he definitely helped us out which was great but he you know we were always like why are we being offered these like tour with a well, we're like a christian hardcore band like what the fuck like that that doesn't make any sense yeah. whatsoever but still we were like okay we feel like obligated to please the label because you know that's you don't want to bite the hand that feeds you and so we and we also felt obligated to like con- constantly tour so we were like we take shit that we shouldn't probably have took and probably sh- we should have just went home and like slept for a couple days yeah. and just chilled the fuck out you know but um yeah i don't know there's some pretty intense conversations for
0: sure though and i don't know i mean the, also too the i always i always joke when we the first time i saw you I remember I always had the thing about bands that switch instruments yeah. is a shit band. Mm. Like that was like if the high school band, like the drummer ended up being the singer and then did <laughs> yeah. that. And when I remember first seeing you guys, I was like, that's the kiss of death right there <laughs> in my head. But that it's not because I, to me now looking at it is that each of you had written things in different places. And yeah. it, it's not as if the band sounds different. Mm-hmm. It's that you're attacking the instruments differently, which I thought was right. something. We uh, has anyone ever told you that? <laughs> not in so many words, but <laughs> people have been. Pe-
1: people asked us to not do that. They're like, "Can't you guys just like not switch?" <laughs> and We're like, "Motherfucker, what?"
0: But I wrote the bass line in this. Yeah. Brandon doesn't know how to we're do like, that. They don't get us. <laughs> they don't get us, man.
1: <laughs> um, but that, I mean how you're describing it, that's how how it happened you know it's like people would write things on different instruments and we're like you wrote it you know that part it's you and yeah, you know so that's just how it happened and now we have two drummers playing with us so the drummers are switching now too you should see the set list it's like it's like a graph it's like a fucking
0: chart and you're like okay, actually someone got a photo of it for me. oh really yeah I had a photo Um, I'll, I'll pull it up while we're talking okay. but it had all these like letters next to things <laughs> yeah uh, I to
1: break that, yeah there 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 it is, yeah, so it's like John M- Majoli, Lee, Brandon drummer, John oh Michele, wow, Brandon drummer, Derek campfire, Brandon drummer, and so we tried to like have as many letters the same as possible, so the switching is minimized while also maintaining the integrity of a sweet ass set,
0: you know <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that's <laughs> <laughs> that's I like, awesome. that. but yeah, someone had sent this to me, and it was uh, oh that 's funny, yeah, Gary busey, the song that 's good. But, yeah, no, it makes sense. Everyone's got to switch around. Yeah. The, um, I guess, was there, were there any other things when you guys first got in the, st- in the rehearsal? Was it, in like, in like when Total you guys rehearsal. were rehearsal, was it, like, because uh, someone had asked me to play a song I wrote 10 years ago. I couldn't play it. <laughs> yeah.
1: I, uh, for me, it was, like, uh, I remembered about 75% of the parts. I think everyone else was about the same. There's things that we totally forgot. Like I ran into, just had brunch, uh, brunch with Mike, and he was like, "You guys didn't play any of my piano parts." And I was like, "Oh shit, you played <laughs> piano on songs." And then I was like, that eh, probably wasn't important anyways. <laughs> we didn't remember it."
0: I love that he's at the show, being like, "Well, there's that. They had a, there's a piano part. supposed yeah. to play E chord right there." He's like, "Totally giving you shit." No,
1: <sighs> judging yeah. you. It's all he does. It's all he does. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it was tough. I mean, like, Mark was... Yeah, Mark, he actually had to look up lyrics online to, like, figure out what he sang in songs. and But he got, like, once he hit the stride, he he figured it out. But he, you know, as I mentioned earlier, he had been playing with Bars of Gold. So yeah. his chops, I think now he sounds better than he did back then.
0: He did. Hey, Mark, I know you're listening to this. <laughs> the CMJ shows or whatever you guys played, woof. Great job now.
1: <laughs> right. And he has such better, like... Uh, breath control and he's all he'll sing into the mic more which so helps.
0: Remember, some songs he would be so out of breath he'd be like, yeah. <laughs> like you know, wheezing and you're like tuning like when can we start again? For sure. He was like, Mark, <laughs> are
1: you gonna sing this song? And he's like playing. I don't know. And then Br- yeah, Brandon had been playing for a long know yeah, same band, Bars of Gold. And uh so his chops I think he's one of the best drummers I've ever played with and he's uh he was he was ready to step right in and do it. Ashley obviously he's phenomenal drummer as well so yeah it was good really the first practices they were hilarious we just show up and we just like giggle for like three hours we're like remember that time you did that remember that time oh we should have just recorded all that it would have been hilarious (laughs) it's so dumb uh but yeah then we had to like get serious and then uh yeah got a little (laughs) once we had to get it's funny once we started getting serious like some of the old band drama started coming up
0: again we're like like, okay Let's just chill out and like what? Do you fart too much in front of the drummer? Like, what's the thing that usually? What's um, going on? Can you not release things yet? Is this for the one after you guys are broken up again? Yeah, probably. Okay, yeah. all right, we'll wait. Okay, yeah, all nothing right, we'll too wait. serious. All all right. We, I mean, it's is there a funny one? Like, is there a funny one? Like, uh-huh. I always push people, people's buttons. So, is there something you kind of push someone's buttons uh-huh. or? Hey Mark, pull the microphone out of your mouth like that. You know, is it cause that that's something dumb? Yeah,
1: yeah, shit like that. And yeah. Like Mark, play the keyboard in the song. Like, don't just stand there, you know. Or like Brandon, play the maracas. Like, st- oh, like Brandon, get off your phone. We have to play a song, you know. <laughs> like stop, shit. Like Derek, don't you know? Just stupid band stuff. Like, don't let the feedback go the entire song. Like, you have to play the song, and you know, just dumb stuff. Nothing too funny, really, but.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll wait for the next yeah, one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, I mean, from this, like you've got the West Coast run. Is, what's other things? Have, has it rekindled anything else? You guys were already friends beforehand. Like, did it rekindle anything else for you to, were you in practice and saying, oh, shit, I think we just wrote a new song, or we jammed on this and this? No. None of that.
1: (laughs) We've been, well, so we've broken into a few jams here and there, but I think like it's pretty established now that we want to keep this as what it was and kind of playing our back catalog. And then, you know, we're not foreclosing ourselves to the thought of making more music down the road or doing more tours down the road, but I think that what we're looking at now is keeping it as chill as possible with no expectations, not talking about like any really intense planning because that's kind of what destroyed us in the first part is like, we just can't handle the pressure. What about
0: know? like the festivals? If it's Fest or yeah. riot fest, you know, those types of things that that, that aesthetic and yeah, we've been approached by some, uh, some festivals
1: and I think that could be a possibility. Um, Mark's having a baby coming up soon. So he's going to be very, very busy with that. So I don't know. I think what we want to do is wait until you know we do the West Coast, do Chicago, do Grand Rapids, and then just kind of take a break, see what it feels like at the time, and see if any offers come in that are cool. Cool, you know, we, it's got to be the right thing. That's the nice thing about now too is like we don't have to. You do... You don't have to. You've got other stuff going on. Yeah, we don't have to do anything we don't want to do. And so you know we wanted to do all these shows, and uh, that was it. You know, and so it's it's a good position to be in. Cool. Too. Yeah,
0: and had, had had you been playing like guitar, I mean, like even if it was just on yeah. the side at home, like have you been um, playing through all these years, or yeah, you kind of put it down for a minute, or I so
1: Bear vs Shark broke up. I ended up moving to New York about a month later, and I think about six months after that, I joined Matthew Deer um, in his yes, band. Yes,
0: now I remember. Yeah,
1: and so uh, for those of you who don't know Matthew Deere, he's like a I guess uh, an electronic DJ slash producer. And uh, he started a band. I played bass with him. And we ended up touring, like, Europe over and over again, and North America and Mexico. And it was, I mean, it was totally opposite of what Bear vs. Shark was, you know. And, you know, Matt and I went to U of M, University of Michigan together. And so he knew all the Bear vs. Shark dudes. And so he would always show me what's going on in the electronic like rave scene and all this shit and i'd be like okay come to this my is going show on, on show. indie rock and so and he actually did i don't know if you knew this or if anyone knows this but he did some of the interludes on terror hawk i don't yeah so some of like the weird noisy stuff in between the songs like uh yeah he produced that and cool yes yeah,
0: i forgot about the matthew deer stuff yeah
1: so i played bass with him i sang a little background and then i played a little bit of guitar but mainly bass and it was awesome yeah it was how like,
0: long were you in new york again when did you move
1: Let's see, I moved, I got here in 2000, early 2006, Five. and then 2011 oh, yeah, I moved back to Michigan, to Detroit area, so. It spit you out. Yeah, <laughs> I was just with my uh, cousins walking through the uh, Union Square, and I was like, I fucking don't miss this
0: place at all. <laughs> What was what was wrong? Because it was like raining. People everywhere. Oh, just, just people like, everywhere, just touching me. Was there a farmers market or something going on? No, actually, there was.
1: I like I, li- I like the farmers market. I, it, what it, it wasn't like the above ground Union just Square. It was the uh, the subway. subway yeah. yeah, and it was just like people pushing me and pretty like, much uh, part of the course. I actually have been having such an amazing time here over the past couple days. So I, there's there's parts of it I do miss, obviously. But <laughs> after you've been in like. Having two concerts over the past two days and the after parties, I'm like, oh, I just want to take How does a that nap. feel as being someone that's a little older? Well, let's just establish this. I'm only 37, okay? Okay. I don't have like a new hip uh, or anything. He does have a cane, though. He have <laughs> a cane, yeah. <laughs> and I'm basically <laughs> drinking like Metamucil right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it feels, it's hard. It's very difficult. <laughs> yeah. We were up to like 4 o'clock in the morning last night. And uh, I'm very sleepy. Yeah, I'm very sleepy. I could use a little napper pretty soon. But yeah, It's good, though. It's great coming to the city all the time because you get to see all of my old friends and stuff. And so.
0: then all the EVR crew came yeah. down. Totally. Yeah, Dan Lunch Sancha
1: was... and uh, Rudy was there, Jen Sancha. That was cool. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, Glenn I think was out. I missed last Glenn. Last night it
0: was Glenn. I think
1: Paul, a couple people. Paul. Was Paul there last night, Yeah, too? Paul was there last night. Or two nights ago. Okay, Sorry, two, two nights ago. ago yeah. yeah, I missed, missed both those dudes, which sucks. But
0: hello. Yeah, again, them. that's the thing where... Just We were listing off people that work at the label. That's what was interesting about that time too is mm-hmm. that you didn't have 25 yeah. people. You literally had a handful of folks that yeah, totally. you were working with and it was invested. And I think that part of it, I liked. Sure, timing. Sure, mm-hmm. a band doesn't do this or that or things happen, but you've got these people that at those smaller labels that they're going to do everything they can. Yeah, that, a was,
1: that was so attractive for us about EVR, you know, at the time, it was like, they loved, you guys loved our band, and you were totally supportive, and it was like a family, and we'd come out, and we'd play basketball together, and we'd, like, go jump off the cliff together and go swimming, and it was just like, it was like hanging out with your buds, and they were, like, gonna work their asses off for your album, because they're not drunks like you are, they'll actually do work, (laughs) you know, we really appreciate that about you guys as well. (laughs) So (laughs) so true. (laughs) (laughs) I remember we used to make Dan buy us beer, and he's just like... God damn it. I'm so bummed. <laughs> yes.
0: Straight edge. You literally life. have like the whole staff is either vegetarian, vegan, yeah. and, stri- and straight edge. It's like, you guys want to party? I don't really do that. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> like, okay, <laughs> how do you have fun? Do you guys want to go bowling? Like, <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. The, uh, um, I know you and I have kept in touch over the years because sports, yep. which has been great. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling right now? Let's well, th- let's, let's talk baseball let's talk some sports. Well, I
1: did just win my uh, fantasy baseball league. Oh,
0: congratulations. 14
1: member league, five by five. Standard. How much did you get? Uh, or was it a handshake deal? No, I like $1,300. Or wow. Something. Yeah, it's Mike Muldoon's league, actually. So I was really psyched about that because I've been pushing hard at that for the past three years. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Is it not. on
0: SportsCenter tonight or no? No, they yeah, don't I have that. I think I got a little blip. Yeah, got little, maybe a little yeah, crawl. Top little crawl.
1: ten, yeah, maybe three or something. Um, but yeah, otherwise, Local the Tigers news. are like uh, really. I don't know if they're going to make it. They're like where, where hot are they? and cold.
0: Are they one out? I think right still now?
1: one out. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see what they did yesterday. Oh, I think it was rain out yesterday actually. But I'm feeling okay. I don't know. It just sucks that we lost all of our good pitching, except now we have the, the new rookie, you know, Boyd and, and everything, which is cool, and Fulmer. Those guys are doing well for us. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's like we lost uh, Scherzer, and he is a Cy Young candidate. We lost Porcello, Cy Young candidate, and it's just, yeah, it is what it is, you know. It's like Tigers are always, what's the sentiment at home? Like, is it. When will they fucking put this shit together yeah. and get us a championship? Because, you know, it's, it's like wa- all the
0: things are there when the yeah. beginnings. I mean, everyone's got the spring training. Like, yeah. we're going to be. But ev- it's like, wait a minute. We have all the pieces.
1: Yeah, we have the best hitter in baseball. Well, maybe not so much anymore. Maybe he's probably top 10, Miguel Cabrera, obviously. And everyone's like, okay, we're paying him until probably like. Twenty-one fifty-two, and we're probably paying him like thirty million dollars a year for the next two hundred years. And so we're like, okay, when is his production going to fall off to the point where uh, it's going to destroy the team because he's not producing? You know, and also like we got you got to take advantage of that, and we got Victor Martinez who's aging as well. So it's like, this is, it's now or never. The window is closing yeah. quickly. You know. So and then our owner Mike Illich who's the uh, owner of the Detroit Red Wings, to. He's the uh, Little Caesars Pizza, or Di- yeah, Little Caesars Pizza owner, and he's like 88 years old, but he'll spend so much money on the Tigers because he wants a championship. But he's going to die soon, unfortunately. Hopefully, not too soon. Um, and his children are notoriously like don't like baseball. So oh no! So was the city kind of like a little worried? Yeah, definitely. It's like a the sword of Damocles hanging over us. I just, had, I just said sort of Damocles. That, that I don't was know good. If that's an
0: accurate use of that phrase. It's fine. Or? It doesn't matter. Okay, so it's, <laughs> There's there's only fact checkers when I talk about emo bands. I don't <laughs> think they're going to be a fact checker about uh, sports. I think do people ride your ass on this a little bit? <laughs> I mean, I also have a snarky website that oh, okay. tells people if their band's emo or not. So, <laughs> wait, are we technically emo? Shit, I don't remember what I put in for you guys.
1: Hmm. Hang mm-hmm. on. Most journalists do research before interviews, but <laughs> 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 especially when it's their own stuff. <laughs> I'm at, I'm at work right now. <laughs> oh, ew, awkward. <laughs> But
0: I just put bear vs shark. Oh, it's oh, we're not an emo band.
1: Yeah, okay. I agree. I don't think oh, it so. says. Oh, it
0: says sort of Shark is punk. I think that's accurate. of you of sort of sort you sort of sort of sort you're of sort of you're...
1: like you sort you sort of you of sort you like, weird older people who only listen to bands and bars that are, like, cover bands are like,
0: oh, my uh, cousin
1: uh, Jimmy's in a band. He plays uh, Rolling Stones covers down at the pub. Yeah. They're like, what kind of band are you in? I'm like,
0: post-punk? Yeah, that, that's...
1: Is that... Yeah, is that even though, though? I don't even me, really I know what it means. That is
0: exactly what you guys sound like, okay. but to, the you know, someone on the street... What is... Or is it post-hardcore? No, just, you're not a hardcore band. Okay. Because a post-hardcore band, I think... Now, this is where all the tweets will come in, right at this moment. This is when they'll all come in. Uh, (laughs) It's like quicksand. It's that sort of like Mm. drop D post, like Uh. singing. Not necessarily the scream. And you're not Screamo either. Right. Which the correct version of Screamo, excuse me, not correct, Mm. the earlier version before it turned into sort of the metalcore sort of thing. So for you guys, I thought you were sort of punk because... It wasn't like your riffs were very, like, tight and clean. It was noisy. Okay. I think that's pretty accurate. John, you're giving me the weirdest looks, and that's fine. No,
1: that's just how I look. It's not not (laughs) you. I was just, I I don't know. I just have no idea. And then punk is such a broad category in general, too. So I think if you would graph it out, it would be, like, punk at the top, and then you have these sub- genres out of that right i'm sure someone has done this yeah yeah
0: but i would say it i think post-punk if that's pretty accurate in front of the right group if you're in front of a a school or something of kids that understand punk they're gonna get that but if it's a layman's term i would just call you guys indie rock indie or rock or punk or something yeah did uh, what would you consider fugazi do you want to see yeah let's check it out so this one is probably my favorite entry of uh So the the answer is Fugazi's not an emo band, but the reason every band you like exists. <laughs> right? Yeah,
1: totally. <laughs> that's awesome. This is awesome. So you, this is yours? You yes. made this? Yeah. And you have, okay.
0: This doesn't have something in it that's deciding for it. You've inserted... No, I've, I've, Put in well. There's the a okay. there's a e- emo council that decides on all the answers, <laughs> and so they vote, and so there's an emo <laughs> council. There's an emo council, and so they will. Are vote. you the head of this emo council? <laughs> I'm a member. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have access to the database, okay. among other folks. Okay, and we vote, Illuminati and so we we'll decide. Shit. And then I, I, I will say I do a lot of the jokes, mm. so I will have funny quips for people. There's Easter eggs in here. There are. Thousands of things no one's ever found yet. People sold, will tweet me, and I could tell that they found one of them. But there's tons of stuff in here that, really? like people's names, states, cities. There's things in here that you you have to just search it. I, there's no. People have asked, can you give a list? I'm like, there's no list. You got to find it. Yeah. So, yeah. do some work.
1: You know, millennials <laughs> these days or just want a list of everything. Let me tell you something about the millennials.
0: <laughs> Never mind. <laughs>
1: So this is very fun, but that's, yeah, that's really cool, man. That's awesome.
0: That's the it's you know it doesn't make any money. It's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Are you still doing the um, uh, the DJ nights?
0: Yes. Okay. So we do those twice a month, Brooklyn and New York. Okay. So the city and uh, Brooklyn. That's, that's really right.
1: fun. I think I get those feeds.
0: Yeah, it's, regularly. it's it's. It's it's fun. It's uh it's very chill. It's different than a lot of the nights that are happening now where it's a party and uh, more of a, a lot of the mid two thousands stuff is the focus and it's more of a pop punk night mm. and they play emo bands. It's yeah. like kind of a big mishmash. Mm-hmm. We're sort of the entire history okay. from the nineties through today. Mm-hmm. A lot of those other ones focus on you know, a certain era and then a lot of pop punk. Okay. So, is it more of like a dance event? Theirs is it more of like a party. Theirs is a party where everyone's getting drunk and going crazy. This one is more of you're with your buddies, you're at the bar, you're mm. singing along, but it's not like a, you know. They're going to be, they're more apt to sing along to both a new band, like Foxing. Oh, so there's new music. Oh, I'll play new stuff. Awesome, awesome. Like, there's so many great new bands. Okay. Um, so, I'll play, they're more apt to sing along to Foxing just as much as. Um, you know Sunny Day Real Estate
1: oh that's great so
0: it's that same like and then what the best thing is someone that's older would come up and say who was that and I'm like that was Foxing and they're like cool I'll go check them out or a kid that's in younger comes up and says who was that band you just played I'm like oh that's Sunny Day Real Estate like this is who they are this is the record you should check out and then the next month they come back and say I checked it out and it's that that's awesome. back and forth sort of education which I think is the best part yeah that's really
1: great, man. Are you so? What do you think the best new emo
0: band is these days? Like, who do I need to be listening to? No one wants to be called emo, so any band I mention right now is probably going to be offended. Okay, so let's say what's the best new
1: post-punk band I need to listen right to
0: right now? I love Turnover. Turnover. Okay, they're very like um, shoegazy, mm. uh, beautiful vocal melody lines. I love them. Foxing, as again, the Hotelier is great. Mm. Yep. they're a great band um, yeah. sorority noise mm. um, just when I listen to them and I close my eyes I could feel that they could have been hanging out with you and I at a show in the 90s or hanging out with us in the mids when you guys were doing stuff in the early 2000s or right today it's great they have that same aesthetic and feel and it's they're doing their own thing they're not looking outward and doing it they're just looking inward and doing it which I think is that's cool which is what what it's about. You guys weren't sitting there being like, well, we've got to sound like X band. It was you guys. And that's what everyone says. But mm-hmm. it's it's sometimes, it's, I couldn't ever, when someone was like, recommended, if you like, Bear vs Shark, I had the hardest time picking bands. Yeah. Because it was like, I, it was, each song was different and each thing. Yeah. I think, I don't know if that was conscious for you guys, but nothing. Think, yes, when you yeah. hear them now, you were like, fuck, that's, that's catamaran or that's this but like making it it wasn't like you guys were yeah i was first was chorus first yeah bridge chorus <laughs> <laughs> right now let's think about that like recently
1: uh you know i was mentioning all those influences we had and i think we had such a diverse set of influences that that was what caused all of our songs to be so different because we would I think every band is obviously, they're going to sound like what they're listening to in a lot of ways. And I think there's a lot of people that we used to play with that would only listen to hardcore or only listen to emo, and they'd just be replicating exactly what they're hearing. Whereas what we were replicating or, you know, trying to expand upon was stuff that was, you know, like The Temptations and, like, we're just like, oh, that bass line's sweet. Like, let's bring that, like, type of feel to it. And then we'd just, like... Played like at the drive and riffs on top of it or something, you know. Yeah. So I think that helped our sound out a lot. It wasn't like we were trying to be all original. I think it just you know is how it. I, well, I should say that if we did have songs that came out, where we were like, that sounds too much like something. Then we would just we wouldn't play it anymore. Yeah. Like we did. We were pretty focused on tailing our songs to who we were and not like yeah ripping people off. Yeah, because you know music is. The reason why like music is evolves is because people are putting their own hearts into what their influences are, right? And so you can trace it all, you know, probably all the way back to the beginning, where it's, you know, everyone rips off the people from, yeah, of course. But what makes it great is the new emotions, the new people, the new human being that's being put on top of that, and you know. And I think
0: that that feeling of you touching the string or holding the stick in a certain way, or how hard, or Mm -hmm. how you're those things. I think come out too. Yeah, definitely. That yeah, it, it's there's it, a physical a physicality
1: yeah. to it for sure. Yeah, and it's just the way you're trained, and you know, especially with rock and roll music, like everyone teaches themselves, you know, and so everyone's gonna have these weird ass techniques and the way they
0: hold the pick, yeah, or the way that they they do one yeah. thing, but that I think I anyway, anyway I think the and. I mean, I know you personally, so it's like I'm. I'm not gonna like. I'm not gushing either. I'm just saying like I couldn't when I was working your record. I had a hard time describing it, mm-hmm. and I think it was the time yeah. too because every you could you had to say X band to get yeah. people to notice, and I it was like hard to it was hard yeah. to do that. Circa survive was the same way. Yeah, they it was worked really it. hard to like get yeah. people to kind of be like, what is this thing like? It, it, like, it sounds like this. Sounds, like, no yeah. one could kind of wrap their heads around it.
1: Totally. And I think in the industry at the time, I'm not sure if it's still like this at all, but it, you know, you send out, you have just like a, uh, what are you sending? Like one sheets with yeah. like one song w- w- to w- pee to like the industry folk. And they're just like getting bombarded by these things. And you have to like catch someone's attention right away. And if they are like, see something that you have to try a little harder on to understand, they're probably not even going to listen to it, you know? And, it really, I think that hurt us a little bit, but helped us in the long run because we weren't <laughs> like cookie cutter, you like, know?
0: It, well, the, That stuff is not mm-hmm. going to be remembered. Right. Yeah. The reason why last night was sold out and every other shows, which is, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not like, yes, I'm an emotional person, but like I did. I was like, look at all these fucking people, man. <laughs> Would you have thought in 2005, at the God, end of 2005, no. that in 2016 you're going to hang out and everyone's going to come from the label and you're going to play these sold out shows? I, no. It was... And then it's it's really unbelievable,
1: but I guess this is what we always thought would have happened back then. Like we were thinking that this would have happened back then because we wrote these songs, and you know we knew it was good because we wrote it and we're arrogant motherfuckers. But the um, you know we had fans that were so goddamn passionate about us. They'd come to every single show, and we got we became friends with a lot of them, and they were just the emotions that people felt towards our music was something that was tangible. Where not only the positive emotions, but the negative emotions, too. So people really thought we were shit. And they're just like, what the fuck? These guys, you know, they hated us. And I think, like, if, you, if you're a band, you don't want people to just be like, eh, okay. You yeah, know, they're okay. They're pretty yeah. good. You know, they're but you want... Do you want to evoke all ranges... All extreme ranges of emotions from people? I mean, you're making people think, and you're making yeah. people, like... You know, yeah, just think about what they're listening to and I think that's what we did it just took a while you know so
0: well I'm happy for you man I'm happy that this happened and that you get to enjoy some of this after so many years after yeah and you can still do it thanks man yeah it's great I'm glad to uh, have you a part of it as well this is awesome you <laughs> got to do this <laughs>